Beloved, we return to Deuteronomy chapter 6. This morning we'll be looking at verses 10 through 12. As I believe I read from verse 1 last week, or at least verse uh, 4 through where we were last week, I think I'll uh, hesitate to do that this morning, but just remember the context. We've gotten through a reminder in the historic prologue of this covenant peace treaty renewal with, with the people back at the plains of Moab, ready to go into the promised land. God is reminding them who they are, that he is still in covenant with them, which is a mercy. And so his way of life as redeemed people is still here. And as Moses said, uh, what, a, what a blessing that we have God's laws. What, how amazing is this for us? Um, as we continue now in chapter 6, we begin the larger exposition and application of the Ten Commandments. Here, the first commandment, which began again with the great Shema. And where we are today, uh, in that context and building off of that, is verses 10 to 12. Let me read those verses for you now. Deuteronomy 6, verses 10 to 12. Hear now the word of the Lord. And it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which he sware unto thy fathers to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give thee great and goodly cities, which thou buildest not, and houses full of all good things, which thou fillest not, and wells digged, which thou diggest not, vineyards and olive trees, which thou plantest not. When thou shalt have eaten and be full, then beware lest thou forget the Lord, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Keep in mind and don't forget what we just heard recently. We need to teach our children all God's commandments as we would first love the Lord with everything in us, store his commandments in our heart, and then want to see those poured into our children's heart. And then in ways to help us remember to do that and remind them of these things, we need to be teaching them while sitting, while on the way, while going to bed, while rising up. And then we were giving a little bit of practical advice. We saw the ideas of binding such things on our hands, uh, before our eyes, really the idea of on our forehead perhaps, uh, you know, on uh, the posts of the gates of our home, and as it would be if God would provide and bless us, uh, as it would be on the gates of our cities, on the walls of our courtrooms, you could say. And so all those things, the idea of not forgetting, and then that's the concern today, it's building to the idea, it goes beyond this, but don't forget. Don't forget your Lord. In Daniel chapter 4, and you don't need to turn there, uh, you may if you like, I'm going to just give you a few thoughts to think about. In Daniel chapter 4, uh, verse 25, the prophet interprets uh, the pagan king Nebuchadnezzar's dreams of how God will warn him, the pagan king Nebuchadnezzar, not to glory in himself. Quote, that they shall drive thee from men, and thy dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. And they shall make thee to eat grass as oxen, and they shall wet thee with the dew of heaven, and seven times shall pass over thee, till thou know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of, heaven, of men, and giveth it to whomsoever he will. And he forgot. He forgot. And in a certain amount of time that passed, verses 30 to 31, it says, at the end of 12 months, he walked the palace. He walked, uh, excuse me, in the palace of the kingdom of Babylon. The king spake and said, Is not this great Babylon 
that I have built for the house of the kingdom by the might of my power and for the honor of my majesty. And while the word was in the king's mouth, there was a voice from heaven saying, O King Nebuchadnezzar, to thee it is spoken, the kingdom is departed from thee. And then the prophecy just earlier was fulfilled. He literally lived like an animal. Try to imagine that. Try to imagine that. If someone were to see you pass by and shake their heads, what, what a mighty fall, right? Literally eating grass, nails growing long like a beast in the field. Out of your mind. But to humble him. The problem was, though, he forgot that prophecy of Daniel, uh, essentially, and, and he forgot earlier in the chapter, at the beginning of the chapter, how he had made a great decree to all the people. Having seen God deliver, he makes a decree to all the people that God, Daniel's God, is the only God, and everyone should glorify him. His kingdom shall never end. He is the kingdom of all kingdoms. And yet, apparently, he forgot that so quickly. And so God humbled him and let him eat like a, an ox and eat of the grass, roam around and perhaps on all fours, and can imagine how unkept he would look. Because he glorified himself and not God. But, but in verse 34 and following of Daniel 4, he, by God's grace, he remembered and glorified God again. And then he was restored to himself and restored to his kingdom. Loved how much more if that pagan king has all of those things to remind him. How much more should God's people not forget that who they are and all they have are from him and not themselves. I give you that as the main idea of our text today. God's people must not forget that who they are and all they have are from him and not themselves. The result being that they glory only in the Lord. And that's the message for you this morning, uh, citing other scriptures we'll look at later. Glory only in the Lord. Indeed, he uses means, including working through us, but at the end of the day, it is only him. He only gets the glory And we must not forget him and forget to give him the glory due to him alone. Glory only in the Lord. Remember that all you are and all that you have is of the Lord. Remember that all you are and all you have is of the Lord. Whatever we may be doing, whatever witness or testimony we may be offering in this church from generation to generation, however long we may have been him and served him, all glory is from the Lord. All of it's from the Lord. Nothing happens except because of the Lord for us. Remember that all you are and all that you have is of the Lord. There's a a show where a a young man is saying to his mother, she runs a, a Mexican hotel, hotel in Mexico, and He's saying, I, I got to get out from under you. I've, I've got to find myself. I'm so indecisive because I'm always, you're always guiding me, directing me, telling me what to do. I got to go find myself. And he says, I'm going to go back to Los Angeles. And she says, okay, well, where exactly will you live? <laughs> His answer, sheepishly, uh, your condo in Beverly Hills. 
And then she asks, how will you get around? And he answers hesitantly, uh, I'm also going to need your car keys. You see, it's easy to declare independency and forget about our dependence. And that's the warning that we're given by the Lord today. We're just, just like that man, his existence depends upon his mother. right? He doesn't exist without her. And uh, so we, our existence depends completely on our Heavenly Father. First, that we just exist. And then that we exist as his redeemed, born-again people. And have a new existence, new creatures in Christ. In verse 10 of our text, he says, This is what the Lord has promised to your fathers. He swore to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You see, this land that they were going to get wasn't they weren't even alive when the promise came. It was they're just living out the promise to Father Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And of course, their covenant fathers are the same as they, the covenant people now, many, many centuries later. They only exist as a covenant people because God called Abraham out of the land of Ur and brought him to this place. They only exist because he has made them this called out, separated people to be a peculiar nation of priests and kings to worship him and witness to him before all the world. It could have been someone else. It's only because God called these fathers and then them through their fathers that they are a covenant people, let alone a people created by God. Further, they were slaves. They were slaves in Egypt. And they're saved unto a wonderful land. In verse 12, he says, don't forget I brought you out of Egypt. Now remember, that is part of the preface to the Ten Commandments in Exodus and in Deuteronomy. And in Deuteronomy, it's the reason given to honor the Sabbath day. You're not slaves of this world and of its masters anymore. You work for me now, and that is freedom to serve and worship me. Let my people go. And he made them let go of you. So this is a big influence. Remember, I brought you out of Egypt. Your, your existence, your identity is completely in me. Otherwise, you'd be dying as slaves in Egypt. No one would even remember you as a people. How often their fathers did forget that. And so they were buried in the desert. As they now stand near the promised land about to go in. Almost the entire generation. Why? They kept forgetting God. Kept forgetting what it was like to be slaves in Egypt. Kept forgetting the very things they witnessed. At the moment eyewitnesses about God. And said the opposite. And so they didn't even get to go in. And God's warning them, don't you forget now. Don't let your children forget as you're about to go in. Do not forget why you're going to have that land, and why you are who you are, and the other people aren't. It's all of me. It's all of God. Remember this. Remember the reality of your redemption and all that is involved. As well, consider verse 19. We'll get to another time, Lord willing. To cast out all thine enemies from before thee, As the Lord hath spoken. It's going to be the Lord that has cast out all these enemies before you to go in and take the land. He's going to give you the victory. Just as he gave you victory from Sion and Og as you were getting close to this place. 
just as he gave you victory over the Amalekites, as he held up Moses' hands by that of his supporting Joshua and Aaron. Uh, excuse me, um, I think Joshua and Nun, I want to say, but he's, he's supporting you and giving you victory of all these people before. And he's going to do it again. But don't forget, it's the Lord that has given you these victories. The battle belongs to the Lord. Don't forget Exodus 15. Don't forget Revelation 15. The Lord is the man of war. The Lord is the one who gave you mighty victory over the chariots. The Lord is the one who will give you victory in advance over those going into the promised land. Remember your God. Remember who it is that has made you who you are and gives you what you have. Remember what Psalm 105, verses 43 to 45 would have us recall with our covenant children. And he and God brought forth his people with joy and his chosen with gladness and gave them the lands of the heathen. And they inherited the labor of the people that they might observe his statues and keep his laws. Praise ye the Lord. They inherited all these things that weren't theirs. They had nothing to do with God gave it to them. Remember Psalm 115 verse 1. As it warns us not to forget. Not unto us, O Lord. Not unto us. But unto thy name give glory. For thy mercy and for thy truth's sake. Beloved, we must praise the Lord and not ourselves. Never ourselves. And we're so prone to do it. Remember that all you are and that all you have is of the Lord. Don't forget the Lord and begin to praise yourselves. Do not Forget the Lord and begin to praise yourselves. Ronald Reagan tells this humorous joke of a farmer, and I think probably for purposes that would probably not be the same ideas while I'll share it with you. He shares about a farmer who had gotten a piece of land that was never developed. It was all in disarray, rocks and bushes. It was in, it was in no way ready to be farmed. And so the farmer took this land that was not fit for farming and he cleared it, took away all the rocks, took everything away. He cultivated the soil. He planted the garden. And he was so pleased with the development of this garden. And so one Sunday after church, he invites the pastor to come over to his farm, to his home, and look at this glorious garden. And the pastor does come over to see the crops, and he declares, Wow, these are the biggest tomatoes I've ever seen. Praise the Lord! Look at these green beans and squash. The Lord has blessed this place. Wow, the height of the corn. God has really been good. The farmer was beginning to get fidgety and said, Finally, Reverend, I wish you could have seen what it was like here before when the Lord was doing it by himself. Well, it's cute at first, and perhaps it would suggest certain things, but what we need to recognize is the danger that farmer has. The same thing with us. Sure, okay, let's praise the Lord, but look at everything I did. That's the only reason this is here. When the farmer should remember, why does that land exist? How is it that he came upon the land? God's blessing. God's blessing his body to be able to do the work. God's blessing to protect the land from insects and all kinds of things that could have otherwise destroyed it. 
The fact that God gives rain, and as we know from the scriptures, he holds back the rain from a people who will not acknowledge him. He will take away the good if we don't give him the glory for all his goodness. You and I are so in danger of being that same farmer. I want the credit for all of this glory and not recognize that, praise the Lord, he did establish the work of my hands, as the scriptures say to pray for. Because if the Lord doesn't bless, it won't be blessed. No matter how hard we work. Perhaps there are times in our lives we could go back and think about and recognize that's why nothing worked out. Because it was all about us and depending on ourselves. Pulling us up with our own bootstraps and wanting to point to the mud on our boots and say that's why I have this blessing. Instead of giving glory to the Lord who gives the land to us and promises it will go well in the land for us if we obey his commandments and ultimately honor him. Look at verses 10 and 11. And it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which he sware unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give thee great and goodly cities which thou buildest not, and houses full of all good things which thou fillest not, and wells digged which thou diggest not. Vineyards and olive trees, which thou plantest not, when thou shalt have eaten and be full. Here we see this this repetition. You'll kind of see a similar poetic repetition in verses to come. What is being emphasized by repetition? All these things in Canaan you will have, they're so good. I mean, this great stuff, a land flowing with milk and honey, right? But notice also, pre-made to order, ready to move in. You don't need to bring any furniture to this apartment. It's got the furniture. You don't need to be worried about building a house on the land. The houses are there. I'm kicking out the tenants, and I'm giving it to you. You don't even have to build anything. You don't have to start a farm. You don't have to do anything. I give this land. I've prepared it for you through these pagans. And I'm going to give it to you as my promised people. You didn't do anything. Don't forget that. You had nothing to do with all that you have. Don't forget it. I think there are quite a few. The elders and I have talked about this, observing different things. And I'm not commenting on anyone in the church, but... I think there are, it's amazing to us how folks that it can even be in their uh, third, uh, fourth decades of uh, age that continue to argue in an entitlement upon their parents. And I think they have a right for things they've done nothing for. The same idea is spoken of in Joshua 24, verse 13. He says the same thing. You know, they're in the land now. They've conquered the land. They're taking it. They're inhabiting it now. But Joshua warns them at the end, none of this was yours, and you didn't do anything to have what has been done for you by God. Don't forget remember God. And that comes right before the verse we love so much, verse 15, as for me and my house. I'm going to make sure we don't forget. That is, we will serve the Lord. Now, there's going to be that concern that builds off of where we are. If you start crediting yourself, you'll eventually serve idols. God will have to take things away from you to get your attention. We will serve the Lord. We will not forget what we have, who we are. We will remember. Now, there in verse 12... 
Let's read verse 12. Uh, Then beware, lest thou forget the Lord, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. The first verses are really explaining the situation and the concern. Verse 12 is the remedy. Verse 12 is the actual command, what you're supposed to do with this reminder of things. Beware that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of slavery to get you to this point in the first place. And as you go in, it gives you everything beforehand. They're ready for you to just take over. That word beware uh, literally is keep watch of yourselves. Something like that. Keep watch of yourselves. Guard yourselves. I want to emphasize yourselves. It's not just a beware, but in the Hebrew, there are two words, including the word you. Beware of yourselves, perhaps you could say. In the Portuguese, it is uh, guardate, and forgive me if I'm not saying it correctly, guardate, the te is you, guard yourselves. It's more obvious in the Portuguese translation that it's about yourselves. Beware of yourselves, that you're so easy to forget and not remember God. Spanish, similarly, and pardon the, uh, the misspeaking, but... Cuidate, cuidate. Guard, danger, you know, the idea of watch out for the danger of yourself, the tay there. So you must guard yourselves. When we're commanded by Jesus to watch, watch for his return, including watch ourselves. Guard ourselves from the danger of forgetting he says he's coming back. From the danger of how he tells us to be good stewards of all that he gives to us. And we'll give account when he comes back. And we want to be able to show that there's fruit from our labors. That we didn't just hide it and do nothing with it. And just be happy we have these things. But we look to build the kingdom for others. And give glory to the Lord and not ourselves. Folks would come to our church that we give glory to God We magnify the Lord and say, the Lord has done this, and not we ourselves. The Lord has done this. It's marvelous in our eyes. Such a danger to pat ourselves on the back and say, we're the best church. We're the most reformed. No, we just give glory to God, and we do not take credit for ourselves, lest he take it away. Including our ears to hear. Guard yourselves. And guard yourselves from what? Crediting yourselves. Protect yourselves from crediting yourselves. Sure, you're serving the Lord Jesus. Sure, he's working through your work. But it's him working through you. And without him, there will be no anything to look at and boast of. And how does it happen that we would forget the Lord and give ourselves credit? Because we forget. And we forget what? We forget what? We are. We forget who we are. We forget our God. Forgetting that all you have and all you are is from the Lord. And whatever he has done through you is a mercy and a grace. As we would look to the other nations, and we look to other places and peoples and say, there but by the grace of God go I. All our good works, remember, have been ordained from before the foundation of the world that we would walk in them, but we are not saved by them. And we certainly don't have any merit or shouldn't be seeking any credit for them. And beloved, the truth is you and I always want credit for what we do. We'll praise the Lord and then we'll try to emphasize what we've done. We want to talk about what we've done. We want to draw attention to what we have done. And we should only be drawing attention to what God has done. 
Also that we remember we are the sons of God and that it's by his mercy of adoption. He chose us. Not we ourselves. Don't forget to tell your sons this so they don't forget. Verses 20 to 23 we'll come back to later on. Beloved, have the heart of Psalm 104, which from beginning to end praises God for providing everything for everyone all the time, the animals and man. Why am I eating? Not because I did anything with uh, you know, raising the weed or grinding the flour. And flank, frankly, most of us can't even say we have anything to do with that. Not because we worked and we were able to go in and throw a little money at the counter and walk home like, aren't we great for our big job or whatever we have? And that bread is a gift of God, and he can take it away in a moment. That wine that gladdeneth the heart, he can take it away in a moment. None of it, despite the fact that he uses means to provide it, has anything to do with us, has any credit that we should be seeking. We should be saying for every morsel, every drop, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. And be satisfied to eat and drink of his righteousness. And we need to heed the warning of some similar verses coming up in chapter 8. Turn with me to chapter 8 beginning with verse 11. Chapter 8 verses 11 through 20. Thou shalt therefore keep the commandments and the statutes, and the judgments which I command thee this day to do them. Wherefore it shall come to pass, if ye hearken to these judgments, and keep and do them, that the Lord thy God shall keep unto thee the covenant. Oh, pardon me, I'm in chapter 7. I did that to you again. I felt like it wasn't going where I thought it was. Forgive me. Chapter 8, verse 11 now. Just a reminder to keep me humble and know that this is all from God. Uh, Chapter 8, beginning with verse 11. Beware. So see the same thing. Watch yourselves. Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God in not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes, which I command thee this day. Lest when thou hast eaten and art full, and hast built goodly houses and dwelt therein. And when thy herds and thy flocks multiply, and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied, and all that thou hast is multiplied, then thine heart be lifted up, and thou forget the Lord thy God, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage who led thee through the great and terrible wilderness, wherein were fiery serpents and scorpions and drought, where there was no water, who brought thee forth water out of the rock of flint, who fed thee in the wilderness with manna, which thy fathers knew not, that he might humble thee, and that he might prove thee to do thee good at thy latter end. And thou say in thine heart, if you do forget those things, and thou say in thy heart, verse 17, my power, ooh, this sounds like Nebuchadnezzar, my power and the might of mine hand hath got me this wealth. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swear unto thy fathers as it is this day. And it shall be, if thou do at all forget the Lord thy God, 
and walk after other gods and serve them and worship them, I testify against you this day that ye shall surely perish. As the nations which the Lord destroyeth before your face, so shall ye perish, because you would not be obedient unto the voice of the Lord your God. And of course, that's such a significant concern that we would obey the Lord's commands. But how will we be so quick to forget to obey his commands? Because we forget him. Why? Because we credit ourselves. Look ahead with me to chapter 9. Verses 7 to 12. Verse 7 of chapter 9. Remember and forget not how thou provokest the Lord thy God to wrath in the wilderness from the day that thou didst depart out of the land of Egypt until ye came unto this place. Ye have been rebellious against the Lord. Also in Horeb ye provoked the Lord to wrath so that the Lord was angry with you to, to have destroyed you. When I was gone up into the mount to receive the tables of stone, even the tables of the covenant which the Lord made with you, then I abode in the mount forty days and forty nights. I neither did eat bread nor drink water. And the Lord delivered unto me two tables of stone, written with the finger of God, and on them was written according to all the words which the Lord spake with you in the mount, out of the midst of the fire, in the day of the assembly. And it came to pass at the end of 40 days and 40 nights, that the Lord gave me the two tables of stone, even the tables of the covenant. And the Lord said unto me, Arise, get thee down quickly from hence. For thy people which thou hast brought forth out of Egypt have corrupted themselves. They are quickly turned aside out of the way which I commanded them. They have made them a molten image. Remember, he says, not only that I gave you these things, but remember how often you forgot and rebelled against me along the way and remember the grievous consequences. Your parents aren't with you today. You leave them behind buried in the desert as you go forward into the promised land. Don't forget the severe judgment I had to bring upon you. and Consider that a lot of the time they were forgetting. He says here that you, Moses, brought them out of Egypt. He, they forget that. Even his own sister, right? Who made you the speaker before God, you know? And how many times in the book of Numbers do they rebel against Moses and God says they're really rebelling against me? See that also in Exodus. How often they just forget the ministry and turn against it. How often they forget God who ministers through the ministry and forget him and want to start proclaiming their glory and want to start saying that they deserve this honor when they've done nothing for it, sacrificed nothing for it. So God warns us not to forget his commands, not to forget that he's the one that delivered us and he's the one that's delivering these things to us. But also don't forget how often you have forgotten already. And don't forget all the serious consequences I've brought upon the church because of it. How quickly will we forget? Indeed, we need to remember what you sang this morning. Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. 
Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities? Who healeth all thy diseases? Who redeemeth thy life from destruction? Who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies? Who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles? Don't forget all his benefits. Don't credit yourselves and end up making idols for yourselves. That's coming next. Jesus in Luke chapter 17 verse 10 says this, Likewise ye, when ye shall have done all those things which are commanded you, say, we are unprofitable servants. We have done that which was our duty to do. We serve at the pleasure of the king who saved us. We love much because we've forgiven much, and love is the keeping of his commands. I'm just doing my duty. Now we know there's a place for affirmation, and we've seen that in our studies in the books on affirmation. And the way you do it, though, is to say how you see what they're doing, how the Lord's working in them. And we can respond, thank you for that encouragement. I'm so thankful you're seeing the Lord working in me. And remember, the weekly Lord's Supper will always remind you of all you are and that all you have is from Jesus. As he calls us to remember him in the supper this morning. Remember him and that all you have and that all you are is from him. Jesus alone is king of kings. All kings will be wise to give him all glory, including we the people. Lest we perish in the way and end up like King Herod in Acts chapter 12 verses 2 and following. Excuse me, 22 and following. And upon a set day, Herod, arrayed in royal apparel, sat upon his throne and made an oration unto them. And all the people gave a shout, saying, It is the voice of a God and not of a man. Now the disciples knew when that happened, No, 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 we are not God. And they pointed them to the true God. But he didn't do that, and immediately... Because he took that glory as if he's God. Immediately the angel of the Lord smote him. Because he gave not God the glory. And he was eaten of worms and gave up the ghost. God will not share his glory with another including with you. When you should be fulfilling your purpose, your chief end to glorify him. Now, it's not that those truly in Christ will face that kind of doom. God protecting us to get glory for protecting us of that. Still, let us heed the warning of forgetting God as the giver of all good things and begin glorifying ourselves and limit or lose the enjoyment of our blessing on earth and upon our children. Remembering the warnings in Revelation 1 through 3, Jesus is threatening to to close the doors of some, to uh, vomit others out, to take out their light. And he says, don't forget your first love. 
And beloved, let us be thankful that Christ has secured our place in the eternal promised land and that it does not depend upon our feeble forgetfulness. And may we remember to serve him and glorify him alone along the way. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 29 to 31 says, That no flesh should glory in his presence. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 14 to 17. For we stretch not ourselves beyond measure, as though we reached not unto you. For we are come as far as to you also in preaching the gospel of Christ, not boasting of things without our measure, that is, of other men's labors, but having hope when your faith is increased, that we shall be enlarged by you according to our rule abundantly to preach the gospel in the regions beyond you, and not to boast in another man's line of things made ready to our hand, but he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. Paul says it in 1 Corinthians and in 2 Corinthians. He that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord, not in himself. And both times he's quoting Jeremiah chapter 9. Verses 23 to 24. Thus saith the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Neither let the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches. But let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me. That I am the Lord, which exercise loving kindness judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, saith the Lord. As it is written in a song, nothing in these hands we bring, simply to thy cross I cling. Beloved, remember you were dead. You were slaves to Satan. And it is God by his mercy that have rescued you from Satan at his will and giving you the ability to repent to the acknowledgement of the truth. You were slaves to this world. You were dead and dying yet more. And Christ gave you life. And Christ gave you abundant life. And Christ has given you eternal life. And in heaven, you won't need to be told not to forget. What do we see there? We will simply be surrounding the throne of the Lord and of the Lamb, waiting in the waters of the river of life in the Holy Spirit, worshiping and glorifying God day and night. And he will be our day and there will be no night. Wisdom, power, glory, honor to you. For now we need help to remember not to forget. Never credit yourself, beloved. Never credit yourself. Always credit Christ. Don't forget your God. And glory only in the Lord. 
And that again is the message for you this morning. Glory only in the Lord. Do not boast of yourselves. Glory only in the Lord. Beware of yourselves. Do not forget your Lord. Glory only in the Lord. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, help us to watch for your return and help us to keep watch of ourselves and to keep watch of our heart. Create in us clean hearts, renew a right spirit within us, restore unto us the joy of thy salvation. We confess we are so quick to forget. So often when we want to speak of something you have done, it's really more of we want to show what we have done. Lord, help us just to glorify you. Help us to praise you. Help us to recognize anything at all that's blessed or does any good is your goodness working in us and establishing the work of our hands. Our righteousnesses, as we have studied in Philippians, are filthy rags. And we are not worthy of the least of all your mercies. Thank you for choosing us. Thank you for ordaining work for us before the foundation of the world. Let us walk in them and walk in the light and give all glory, shine all light upon Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen.